0: Week six on the horizon, London calling yet again. Let's get into it. NFL podcast from the full 10 yards. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation.
1: Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks.
2: Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide right receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast.
0: Yes, yeah, so I've got my clear rucksack packed for the weekend, all 12 inches by 6 inches of it. Thanks ever so much, NFL. I'm glad I don't need huge changes of clothes for a weekend in London. Let's welcome the boys into the podcast. Josh, you're packing your bags for a different reason, mate, this weekend. Looking forward to your little break?
1: I am very much indeed. I'll be sad to leave you two behind to, uh, to do the pod without me next week, though. So I'm uh, going to have to get all my hot takes out while I've got them.
0: Absolutely, mate. Look forward to that then over the course of the next hour or so. And Steve, welcome in, buddy. How are you doing, mate?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. Not too bad. I've got a question for you that I promised my friend James would ask him because he's a Browns fan. Who are your Funko Pops behind you? Who are the players in on your on your dresser? I promise I'd ask.
0: You promised you'd ask, Scott. I
2: Ooh, have. I what,
1: have can, I take a can I take a stab? Go I on reckon, then, I friend. reckon I've got him. So you got Baker on the far left. That uh-huh. looks like Odell Beckham in the middle. Uh-huh. And I'm going to Nick Chubb on the right.
0: He's three for three, so yeah, Baker Mayfield, oh. Odell Beckham. These two are best of friends, you see. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, and yeah, my uh, my personal favourite, Mister Number Twenty Four, Nick Chubb. So yeah, there we go. Apparently, Moore's Garage release now, fellas. So if you're thinking of anything to buy me for Christmas, fellas, yeah, I'll add uh, I'll add ninety five to my collection. So there, there you, you go. go.
2: There you go. Thank you very much,
0: mate. Nice question to start the podcast off. Well, we one that I know the answer to for a change as well. I like that, mate. Keep them <laughs> coming. Keep them coming. Let's get into it, then, boys. Lots of games to talk about. Starts off in London. Let's do it chronologically. It's probably not the most entertaining game on the slate. Let's be completely honest. I don't know what we've done to deserve it this year. <laughs> now, let's be honest. 1 and 4, Miami. 0 oh, and 5, Jacksonville after a pair of 1 and 3 teams a week ago. I'm going, for, I'm going to it. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to it in terms of the occasion, in terms of meeting lots and lots of NFL fans. If anyone is there on Sunday, please do come and have a conversation. If you recognise me, i more than happy to chat some ball. So it's always good to, to bring the NFL UK community together. But let's talk about it just from a game perspective, fellas. It's not going to be a thriller, but it's a huge opportunity, I would suggest, Steve, for Jacksonville to actually get this out off the board. Miami certainly not pulling up any trees. Tua might be back, might not be back. Um, Does it really make a difference? They haven't exactly looked brilliant either way, have they?
2: Yeah, no, this Miami team is, is, is turning over a lot of people's ex- expectations i think um i think they came into the season with that sort of last year they went 500 they finished they finished 8-8 and, um and just missed out on the playoffs um and i think this season a lot of people were thinking okay they've you know they've they've made some acquisitions they've got a few few of the bodies in the door that could help um and it just has not gone to plan at all in by any stretch of the imagination um i think savian howard's Uh, powers as the interception machine have moved on to a certain a certain man in dallas um that defense is just not working um they just cannot stop the ball and 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 i know obviously two has gone down and 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 that's impacting things but he didn't look great when he was when he was upright anyway so i don't know what's happening in miami Um, i know that we've got a lot of a lot of guys in our in our team are, are miami fans and i think a few of them have sort of What's have checked out but I'm certainly willing to accept that this Miami team is 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 a long way off just yet and is, is regressing rather than progressing um, so yeah I don't know if, especially if they lose this week because I, I genuinely think that Jacksonville could win this game um, they've put together flashes you know in 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 places and uh, and they've shown um, you know in in spits and and around the season that they can play well and, and they've got some talent on the on the roster but putting it all together in one game has been their, their trouble so far um, so I, if Miami do lose one and five um, basement of the uh, uh, of the AFC East I've, I don't know where they come back from there
0: no, it is. It's a big game, isn't it? In in that regard, I mean, just in terms of the Jacksonville side of it, um, Josh. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence now lost more games in his professional career than he had in his entire sort of high school college career. Um, Up to that point, he's obviously off to a bit of a rough start. Um, James Robinson had a nice game when he was involved in the game last week. Urban Meyer seemed to forget that he existed in the second half. Um, Urban Meyer not exactly uh, off to a good start in his uh, NFL tenure. We'll see if he lasts much longer. Um, But yeah, Jacksonville, they've become the London franchise almost by default by the fact that they've been over here all the time. They're always well-supported in these London games for that very reason. We obviously get some sort of Sky Sports, um, sort of Jaguar-centric programming every week as well, which obviously, you know, helps develop the fan base. So, probably a fairly even split in the crowd in that regard. Miami, obviously, one of the most supported teams in this country as well. So, I mean, from a Jacksonville perspective, they've had a pretty decent record in the UK when they have come over. Do you think they've got a chance of getting the win here?
1: I think that they've got as good a chance as any of the other games for which they've got. They've probably got a better chance than what they do, probably in their own city at the moment. Um, Like Steve says, you know, the Miami Dolphins are on a downward trend. I don't think it's as severe as the score, for example, last week seemed to indicate. I actually think that Miami moved the ball pretty well on offense. They they did well at the start of the game against Tampa. Just that Tampa then realized that they were stuck in second for a while and just revving up the engine without actually going down into third. And then Brady just seemed to go, "Oh, we got a gear stick, lads." Um, I don't think that Ta- I don't think that uh, Jacksonville have that have that third gear. So I think that this will be a much more competitive game, but it does. It, this is the sort of game that Miami need to win, right? Miami need to win this. This would have been circled. This would have been circled in their calendars as we cannot under any circumstances lose this game. That obviously packs a lot of pressure on in, you know, in London where, Anything happens in London, like you say, the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a good record here. There's always a good Jacksonville shock here for some reason, you know that they do like to pull off the odd shock. Um, but my my main concern for the Jaguars is that the key to success in London, and you hear players talk about this whenever they're on Sky, you hear past players, past coaches, etc. talk about it quite often. It's about the preparation. It's about having the coaching staff in, staff in lockstep with the players, in lockstep with the backroom staff, and everything working as one. Now, let's think of one franchise in the NFL that does not have a very cohesive, all altogether franchise right now. That's right. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, when you've got a positional group laughing you out of a locker room whilst you're having your team talk, uh, you know, basically apologising for abandoning you in Cincinnati after uh, after a hard loss, you know it's bad. When your rookie franchise quarterback decides to break a practice by saying grind after you've just been done for being in a uh, stripper bar in, in said Cincinnati, you know it's really bad. So can I trust Urban Meyer to keep the train moving whilst there are so many different moving components in London? No, I I do think that Miami will end up just being more regimented. They'll end up rising to the occasion and, you know, putting in a professional enough performance, I think, to get it done.
0: Yeah, like I say, certainly probably not the game of the week from well, not not at all from a record perspective. But obviously, like I say, in the UK, there'll be uh, sixty thousand plus at Tottenham. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it for all of those reasons. And it opens up the Sunday slate of games later on on Sunday. Probably the matchup of the weekend. The 4-1 Ravens, the 4-1 and one Chargers, two teams that have been involved in lots of close games, two teams that lead their respective divisions. Got the makings of an absolute classic. Uh, the Ravens struggling defensively, the Chargers struggling defensively. <laughs> Whatever is the over-under, take the over, I would suggest. Steve, surely the game of the weekend from a neutral perspective.
2: Yeah, after the two performances last week from these two teams, um, especially their quarterbacks, this this is a an excellent game to then look at the schedule and go, oh my God, them two are playing each other next weekend. Fantastic. Um, you know, this is a real tasty one. Um, Justin Herbert will be hoping he can continue putting up immense amounts of points um and and winning games whereas la jackson is going to have like you said josh he's you know he's going to have to start showing that he can do it in more than just the fourth quarter but you know props where props are due he's he's had an incredible game and he'll be looking to to um build on that as well as as well as his um uh, building chemistry with other receivers as well. Like Marquise Brown had a couple of flashes in the game um, on uh, on Monday Night Football, but he needs to get in the game more. Um, you know, like you said, he can't just be constantly Mark Andrews or nothing. Um, I know he's a tight end, and I know that sometimes those middle of the field routes are, some, are quite often to the tight end. But you know they need to find ways to get Marquise Brown into the into the game a bit more, because um, I think there is a good player in there. Um, I just wonder how limited that is uh, with with Lamar Jackson with his um, uh, with his rushing ability and his, his desire to want to rush the ball. Although you know, looking at that, is, uh, last week he didn't want to seem to want to do that too much. Um, uh, the Chargers' chance to go to five and one and, and really cement themselves above the uh, AFC West. Um, I, I must say though, if this if this if Baltimore manage the win here. Um, that AFC North gets a bit nerve-wracking again, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, two teams that I think are definitely going to be in the conversation come January. Um, there's a couple of other, I think there's a, there's about four or five AFC teams that are going to be in the conversation come January and all going to be with sort of, you know, 13 plus wins or around that sort of level. Um, so yeah, really interesting, really interesting game uh, matchup that, that separated by barely anything so points per game la has 28.4 baltimore has 27.2 points allowed per game la has 23.2 baltimore has 23.4 so there is barely anything in it in terms of the stats uh previously um so it, uh, baltimore's rushing defense is is somewhat better than than uh, LA's, so maybe they they can if they can stop LA's run and stop Austin Eckler, then that might be a, a, a method to win the game. But I can only see this being another high scorer. Um I wouldn't be surprised if both teams go thirty, maybe even thirty five plus again. Um I think we're in for another real barnstormer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fifty one and a half, I believe, is the over under Josh um gonna be surely offensively going to be classic, the
1: over it? Batter the over, um, yeah. Like like Steve says, realistically, both of these teams have fantastic offenses, which I think actually go entirely against the weaknesses of the other's defense. So Baltimore's current weakness on defense is their passing defense. Justin Herbert and Mike Williams will take care of that, no problem. They'll uh, they'll have no problem against against that. Meanwhile, the Chargers couldn't stop the Browns on 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 the ground. Lamar Jackson's going to have a field day. You could end up seeing Lamar Jackson getting 150-yard yards just on the ground. Um, I think that the, the, the issues that Baltimore had on offense against the Colts in that Lamar Jackson couldn't get free all that often, you're not going to see that this time around. The Chargers don't play that kind of defense. They play bend, not break, rather than go all out for the QB. Derwin James will obviously have something to say about that, but he can't do it all on his own. Um, the Chargers can score for fun. We've seen that. We've seen that a lot just in the last week. Um, yeah, realistic. You know, the uh, the handicap is pretty much just home field advantage. It's f- minus three and a half for Baltimore. Chargers do have to come east. That that could really just be the the end of it. Really, just home field give it to Baltimore because there there's a fag paper between you know between the two teams, it's going to be a great matchup really. Um, either way, it's, it's all gravy to the neutral.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be the one I'm tuning into on the train on the way home from London. Looking forward to it and trains depending. I'll get off the train and I'll run home. So hopefully at five past nine, catch what's probably the game of the light window. Um, Feels like I say it every week when the Browns are involved. So apologies uh, for that, but We're I, shouldn't so really sorry. Make a, I shouldn't really make any apologies. Browns, Cardinals, um, Steve. It's it's definitely the game of the light window, isn't it? Let's be honest. And uh, I'm fairly confident as a Browns fan.
2: Yeah, I think this is this could be the the, the Cardinals' loss. I think this has that this has the the potential to be. A bit of a uh, a bump in the road, I think. You know, the, the, the Cardinals have got to lose at some point. I don't think they're going to go seventeen and zero. And this, and I think that Cleveland will be looking for that sort of comeback game, and they'll be looking to put a performance together and make sure that they can, um, you know, they can they can see off a team that, are, that have surprised an awful lot of people. Um, I think, obviously, I know there was a potentially quite a few uh, injuries in, with Cleveland in um in the in the loss to los angeles so i don't know if if all of those are going to be back um assuming that that most of them come back i think this has got the potential to be a to real real close game i think it'll be interesting to see how uh, cleveland deal with that arizona pass rush um especially if if for example jedrick wills can't come back um i think that would be a huge loss if he can't play um but again, I think this Arizona have, have, have shown the ability to create plays downfield, and they're going to look to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to look to to their weapons and 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 try and create plays down the field. Um, I, with Cleveland, it's you know I, I think they did everything in their power to win the game last week, and obviously couldn't get it done. Um, they're not going to have an easy. It's not an easy game to come off the off a loss like that, too, is it? You know, hosting the, the the best team on paper in the NFL. Uh, I certainly don't think it's a, it's you know it's all said and done. I think this is going to be a, a tight one. Um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if if Arizona do sneak a win. Um, I think that's just the momentum that they've got at the moment. Everything is clicking for them. Um, You know, they've, they've figured a lot of things out and, and, uh, and Kyler is playing at such a high level right now that um, it wouldn't surprise me if, if, if he, um, if he gets yards on the, on the ground as well. But it'd be, I think, look for Cleveland to tackle Kyler like they try to tackle Lamar because they're very similar in terms of their of their rushing ability. And, and obviously Cleveland see Lamar twice a season, sometimes three times a season. So the, Cleveland are well-versed in how to deal with a rushing quarterback that has the elusiveness that, that Kyler and Lamar do. So I think there's a lot of uh, some swings in Cleveland's if there, but just because they know how to do it doesn't mean they can do it. So that's a whole other ballgame.
0: Yeah, it most definitely, most definitely is another a whole other ball game. Josh, you said stop it. You said don't be too confident. When I say confident, I'm confident the Browns will put up a good performance. I think uh, Baker I just don't want plays to his best it. ball when he. Yeah, look, I think Baker uh, plays his best ball when he's backs against the wall, and you know, even in a good performance, he's had he's you know more than his fair share of critics this week. I, I always think he plays at his best when when he feels backed into a corner. Um, I think the ground game he's. Oh, look, it's the best ground game in the league, isn't it? And I don't think there's any bias in me saying that. I think the statistics back it up. Um, you know, and you've took as much convincing as anybody on the Cardinals. So, um, mm. you know, they're obviously 5-0, deservedly 5-0. Um, you know, so I'm not certainly saying it's going to be anybody winning this by a couple of scores, but um, I certainly think it's going to be a good game. What do you reckon?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, I did my picks for this week, um, this morning, um, just to make sure I got it in before the uh, the Thursday night football. And I did pick the Browns. Uh, won't be my, by much, but I'm taking it by, again, the same as with the last game, with the Chargers-Ravens game. I look at complementary football and I think that the Browns have... The complementary football to Arizona's weaknesses. Arizona is the fifth worst rushing defense in the league. The Browns is one of the top rushing offenses in the league. They're uh, Arizona and the Browns are similar in passing offense. Um, both relatively similar in passing defense. I think Arizona have a slight advantage, but that just tells me that you know Cleveland at home. You know it's going to be cold. You know, Arizona's from the desert. They're going to be facing a really mild, cold stadium where you're just going to have to ask your linemen and your linebackers to tackle constantly. Can they keep that up? I don't know. Maybe they can. Um, But the stats don't really show it. It's a case of can they contain Kyler? And Steve, you know, he has a Geordie accent, but he puts things really eloquently. And, you know, we face Lamar Jackson twice a year. The Browns facing Lamar Jackson twice a year means that they know how to scheme against that kind of quarterback. I think it's going to be a case of containing the pocket. It's And Kyler gets so close to getting sacked a lot of the time. You know, he gets so close to getting sacked about three or four times a game and he gets out of them. When you face someone like Lamar Jackson twice a year, you learn how to uh, take into account that additional... Gift step that these kind of elusive quarterbacks take. That could well be the difference. But Arizona, they're they're five and zero for a reason. Kyler Murray is having an MVP year. Um, they can take the top off the defense. They can take the top off of any defense. And as we saw in the Chargers game, if they don't, if Cleveland doesn't have its corners back, and you give Kyler Murray three or four seconds for his wide receivers to get open, they'll torture you over the top. So, yeah, it's going to be an incredibly close game.
2: I've got some breaking news in regards to this game. you ready? The Cardinals have placed star-pass rusher Chandler Jones on the reserve COVID list due to a positive test.
1: Oh, let's go! Let's go! I mean, mean, obviously, I really hope that he's okay. Obviously, and we... we just want him to be okay, but at the same time, let's go. Uh,
2: assuming, assuming he's vaccinated, he needs to produce two negative tests within uh, after within twenty four hours uh, between each one, and then he can return. So it, there's still we're, we're still five days away from the game, so there's every chance that he could return. But you know, that's uh, if he doesn't play, that's a turn up for for Cleveland. That is, although, like I said the other week, he hasn't had a sack since week one. He had five sacks in week one. He hasn't had one since.
1: Yeah, but you know that that just means that he's just begging for one against a team like the Browns where that sort of record ends up getting broke. Oh, does Ch- Chandler Jones listen to the Cole Beasley way of life? Find <laughs> <out on> Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> not,
0: just talking to the Cole Beasley way of life, I did like the subtle bit of commentary from Al Michaels on uh, Sunday Night Football when oh, he said... Oh, yes, as uh, did I. Was he? Cole Beasley's been rather silent tonight for a change or something. That means stitches at like
1: three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. Nice one.
0: Right then, fellas, let's uh, speed it up a little. Still another 11 games to get through. Um, So let's whiz through the Steve. Start us off Thursday night football. Philly. I tell you what, your schedule is rough, my friend. Philly, Tampa Bay.
2: I love getting up at one o'clock in the morning to watch Philadelphia get absolutely (laughs) trounced by the reigning champions. Um, Yeah, I think there's only really one way this game's going. I think Philadelphia have showed in in spurts that they have, you know, weapons to work with, but ultimately they're struggling to put together performances to win games. And I don't think that's going to come against this Tampa Bay team. Um whilst Tampa Bay has their deficiencies and 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 they, you know, they can be got at, I don't think Philadelphia are the team to do that. Um their pass rush isn't quite working at the moment. Um there's there's too many players that aren't quite performing to the level they need to be for the contracts they're being paid um and the you know the jury's very much still out on Jalen Hurts so we'll see but you know Tampa Bay come into come into the game having just put 45 points up against the dolphins um they'll be looking to to match that again Tom Brady had, did have a brace on his thumb in his press conference yesterday morning uh, yeah I think this afternoon sorry um and there was talk about his thumb potentially his, th- his throwing hand as well um but this is Tom Brady he's Forty-four. He's made of literal platinum, Ooh. so um, he will play until he's in his sixties. I've no doubt. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if there'll be this will be, a, I think, a comfortable Tampa Bay win. Um, but yeah, I think after this game, the Eagle schedule does ease up a little bit. So um, yeah, I'll be I'll be glad to get this out of the way. <laughs>
0: Let's move on. Josh asked the question last week or or earlier on in the week, will Washington actually not give up 30 points in a game? Here's a test for them. Washington, Kansas City.
1: Yeah, it's not going to be this week, is it? Um, Kansas City, wounded, but going on to a much nicer section of their schedule now. And I think that they'll go straight away. I don't think that you're going to see them having to, uh, having to wade into the water. Their offense, you know, it, it continues to pop. There's, there's a few stutters around, but it continues to pop. And this Washington defense, if you throw it over the top, then you're going to get it nine times out of ten. Um, Washington has a lot to address. They don't seem to have an identity on offense. They have even less of an identity on defense, considering that they had one and now it's in crisis. I just can't see them making the adjustments this week against kansas city i reckon that kansas city are going to end up seeing them win by about 14 15 16 something like that definitely over the six and a half they're given on the spread uh sean you get a oh this one's even bigger spread here it's plus ten and a half the new york giants are as they host the los angeles rams
0: yeah, I man, you need to have a chat. I don't know what I've done to deserve all these New York games you give me for these previews and review podcasts, but yeah, I just um, love you, mate.
1: Thank you, New mate. York thank bias. you.
0: New York Giants with Mike Glennon in all likelihood at quarterback, and no Saquon Barkley. Oh my good lord! Um, <laughs> yeah, Aaron Donald's gonna have a field day, isn't he? Let's be honest. Um, God, it could it could get ugly, and it could get ugly quickly. Um, the Giants, to be fair, the, they made the first half against the Cowboys quite competitive, but obviously very quickly unravelled. Um, and, and, yeah, look, it's not the team you want to be facing on the schedule when you've got all of those injuries on offence. Um, don't know either about Kenny Galladay. He certainly hasn't obviously uh, lit things up since that move, but obviously one of their best wide receivers, certainly on paper as well, likely to be missing. Um, there's just too many things here for the Giants to overcome. It's no surprise. I think that the spread is the biggest for the week in favour of the Rams in terms of all of the games Um yeah, they surely are the absolute slam-dunk bet of the week and fully expect the Rams to move to 5-1. and one. Um, Steve, next one for you, another one that's big on the spread. Um, I can't believe they're actually favoured by 10 points considering the record, but the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans.
2: Yeah, a big battle of the 1-4 and four teams in the, uh, in the AFC South. Um, and dare I say that I think the Texans have a better chance of winning this than than what they're being given on the spread um, Davis Mills looked quietly quite good last week when you when it's a guy that you're not really expecting anything from I think last week he actually looked okay um, and considering it was his what third start of the, of the season Um you know, so it's, I think he's he's looking. He looked okay, I, and you know, I think this this Indianapolis team needs to come alive. They need to have it. Then perhaps this is the game they need. They need to have a, a, a game where they can sort of come alive and come away with the win. You know, because they we talked about how they did everything right apart from the fourth quarter against Baltimore and still lost the game and they need to turn that into a victory. Um, You know, Wentz looks certainly a better player than he did last year. I don't know if he's quite back to his old self yet, but looked a better player last year, but this defense has got to play better um, if they're going to want to do anything down the stretch. So um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd have Indianapolis winning this one. Um, I don't think by 10. I think Houston will make it uh, close to that. And also, it's a divisional matchup game. Divisional matchups are always interesting. You never quite know what's coming. Um, So I think the Colts win, but maybe by a, a touchdown rather than 10.
0: Just to add to your breaking news, my friend, I don't know if you've seen it flash up on your screen, but further to Chandler Jones on the COVID list, we've also now got Titans punter Brett Kern, maybe not that relevant, but also Eagles tight end Dallas Goddard. He's also now on the COVID list. So, <laughs> haven't talked about COVID too much this year. Let's not uh, hopefully make it a habit, but uh, certainly for the first time in six weeks, it seems to be, be becoming an issue.
1: Close all the stadiums. Sa-
0: Zach Ertz, four touchdown game incoming. Yeah, get that jersey <laughs> out, my friend. Get that jersey <laughs> out. Josh, let's move to you. Can the Detroit Lions finally get on the board? Cincinnati Bengals, the opponent.
1: I'll tell you what, you might not even need a COVID outbreak for this one. This has all the trappings of a trap game. Uh, the Detroit Lions have come close twice now uh, against the Ravens and the Vikings. And I put Cincinnati firmly in between those two, you know. In, in in terms of potential for Detroit to be able to snag a win, you know why not? Cincinnati are an efficient side uh, that will make any game a coin flip. I think they're these sort they're, they're the sort of team that plays to the opponent. You know, Burrow and Chase's connection is a delight to watch at the moment. And honestly, I have to admit, I've really enjoyed watching Cincinnati play. You know, some of the stuff of which they come out with is excellent. Um, that there are mistakes and Cincinnati will give a bit to Detroit. And I think Detroit will take what they can get from them. You know, Burrow is not perfect. The, the one, the one interception that Burrow threw last week where it was basically just a gift to the linebacker. You know, he, he does possess that, that in him at moment. That's because he's practically a rookie. Um, so, you know, Detroit won't be a pushover. Cincinnati won't be perfect. Detroit have got playmakers, too. I've been really impressed with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, for example. Um, I'm not going to give it to Detroit, though. My brain's telling me Cincinnati by five. My heart's telling me Detroit by one with a last-second field goal that goes in their favour. Why not? Um what? Sean, I've got a good one for you. This time, I've uh, I've given you one that's all right. It's an NFC North clash: Green Bay go to the Chicago Bears. The spread plus four
0: point five. Yeah, the the classic NFL's oldest rivalry and all that jazz. You've surely got to fancy the Packers. They seem to have have sort of got the results trending in the right direction, although the performance, obviously, against the Bengals did leave a fair bit to be desired. We didn't touch on it much on the review show that we did but I wonder what Aaron Rodgers was thinking when they trotted out Mason Crosby on third down after he'd already missed field goals to to win the game um, would have been very interesting press conference had uh, Mason Crosby missed another one um, and leaving uh, Rodgers on the bench for a third down uh, but obviously um, all's well that ends well Mentioned the Bears a few times. I think their defense is pretty good. I think it's probably one of the top, certainly top 10, if not sort of, you know, maybe top five units in the league. They will keep them in games, but I just don't see enough from this offense to keep pace with the Packers. It's at Lambeau Field as well. I think the spread feels a little generous. If I'm honest, at four and a half, I would imagine the Packers will probably win this fairly comfortably, probably by, I would probably say by 10. Um, maybe maybe even a few more than that. So, you know, for me, I think a relatively comfortable Green Bay win. Uh, Steve, the closest game in terms of the spread, at least for you, is Minnesota and Carolina.
2: Yeah, Carolina coming to this one after a, a frustrating home loss to Philadelphia, um, wanting to probably get back in the win column and, and improve to 4-2, which would be very respectful of Carolina. Um, S- Sam Darnold does. <sighs> it's it's the most polarizing quarterback at the moment He's he's shown flashes in games where he's looked, you know, calm and collected and, and has certainly looked like he's turned a corner. And then you have a game like last week where he throws three interceptions and throws the game away for Carolina. He can't, he can't hope to have a long NFL career if he keeps playing like that. Um, And, and, and Kirk Cousins is quietly having himself a pretty good season. Um, uh, in, in in Minnesota, but I think the biggest talk in Minnesota at the moment is, yeah. whilst Dalvin Cook is out and, and is questionable for this game, is the uh, the emergence of Mattison at running back for uh, for Minnesota, who had himself a hell of a game last week and put up I think almost 150 yards, I think it was. So yeah, Minnesota um, getting next man up mentality and and certainly picked up the win last week to move to two and three. So. Um, Yeah, I think this is one of those sort of of middle-of-the-road battles where it could be a very much two teams around the 500 mark come the end of the season. Um, Christian McCaffrey should probably come back. I'm surprised he didn't play at the weekend, but he'll probably be back for Carolina. Um, But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if if, uh, Sam Donald can't throw the ball to him so um, yeah a lot a lot to figure out in in Carolina but they are trending in the right direction that they, they look a lot better than they did last year I just wonder if if Donald is the long-term answer um, I'll take Carolina by by three
0: Josh let's move to you team two teams that started off 3-0 both now for themselves 3-2 and so Las Vegas and obviously new interim head coach against the Denver Broncos
1: To quote one of my favorite American TV shows, well, 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 how the turntables, because my goodness, I remember in week three, I had fans of the Broncos and the Raiders just all over me saying, why aren't these two in the top 10? You know, they're unbeaten, they're looking fantastic. And all I could say is, look, it's not there. It's not passing the eye test and these two certainly aren't passing the eye test anymore. Um they looked awful last week both teams did I thought. And you know with with the Raiders now having to deal with their head coaching situation with Denver having having a sort of in and out in terms of whether or not Teddy's head's actually right at the moment like part part of me did did wonder whether or not Teddy should have played on Sunday. He passed the protocol but he still didn't look right to me. Um And this will be a really interesting clash, actually, as to who can arrest the slide. I can't I can't actually decide as to who will come out better from this, whether or not Vegas will ride off the back of their, you know, their turmoil, because it is turmoil. You can you can frame it whatever way you like, but it's a problem for them Um, or whether or not Denver will. You know, whether or not Denver will just bounce back and go, no, that was, just a, that, that was just a mulligan against Pittsburgh. This is who we really are. And then go back to playing the kind of football that got them 3-0 in the first place. Either could happen. So, you know, I give it to the home team based on home field advantage on this one. It's another one where I just go to the fact that going to Denver is quite difficult. You know, mile high and all the rest of it. Uh, it's a divisional game. I reckon that both teams will bring it. Broncos by three, but don't take the spread, which is minus three. Uh, yeah, so exciting, but not in the way that an exciting game is usually built. Sean, um, two of the more well-supported clubs over here. The Dallas Cowboys travel to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Spread is 4.5 in Dallas's favour. Yeah,
0: they, they used to be two of the most supported. I don't know how many of those Patriots fans have uh, headed south to Tampa. That's a different story, though, I suppose. Um, yeah, look, I mean, on paper, this is a comfortable Dallas victory. This is a team that is seemingly, you know, not Mr. Beat in terms of offensively. They look what they were when Dak was in the team 12 months ago. Um, if anything, probably a more rounded unit as there's been a recommitment to the running game. Ezekiel Elliott looks the best that he's looked for years. Um, you know, I know he obviously has the feed me celebration, but it does just go to show if you get him involved in the game, what he can produce. Tony Pollard's become a nice complimentary piece in there as well and gets plenty of touches as part of the game plan. The the Patriots are just a very, very difficult team for me to figure out at the moment. Um, Really don't know what to make of Mac Jones at all. He's not necessarily done anything glaringly badly. He hasn't also done anything glaringly brilliantly. Um, he hasn't really sort of set the world alight one way or another. I think defensively, Matthew Judon should give a bit of a shout-out to. I thought they overpaid for him yeah. when free agency rolled around, but he's really turning out a nice uh, um, you know, level of performance for them defensively. And you always fancy Belichick to coach up and scheme to keep games competitive and close but you just think surely to God Dallas are going to have far too much in the locker for them you know I I mean the spread's what four and a half You've got to see Dallas being able to win this by a touchdown, I would have thought, at least, if not more. Um, So, yeah, another one I would probably go against the spread and take Dallas to win. uh, Probably a shade more comfortable than that. Steve, let's move. Sunday Night Football, I joked about how the TV networks would love the fact that Russell Wilson's gone. Geno Smith versus Ben Roethlisberger in prime time. Oh, boy, what a lovely, lovely way to round off Sunday night. Could you imagine if you went back to, like, I don't
2: know, like 2015 and said that the two and three Seattle Seahawks will be going to the two and three Pittsburgh Steelers. And we don't know which team is going to be worse.
1: (laughs) My heart would (laughs) soar.
2: What a change up. I mean, good props to Geno Smith when he did come into the game I don't think he looked too bad last week I know he's not didn't. Russell Wilson I don't think he, obviously he's not Russell Wilson but you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks in the league um, and you know how they cope without Wilson is obviously going to be a massive impact um, there's worst games that they could go into without Wilson I think this Pittsburgh team had a bit of a bounce back game last week but and, and Roethlisberger looked a bit more sort of calm and, and, and completed the passes he needed to but he's still obviously on a downward trend and and I think we are watching his last season in the NFL. I think that's, that's becoming obvious now. Um, and I think if there's a team that could uh, that that they could beat the Seattle Seahawks, I think it could be the Steelers. Um, Najee Harris has become is emerging a bit and is becoming a bit of a a key component in the Steelers' offense, taking some of the pressure off Roethlisberger. Um, and so, if if uh, Seattle wants to to win the game, if they're going to have any chance of winning the game, uh, they're going to have to stop the run. Um, which is not one of their strong points because they are averaging 145.2 rush yards allowed per game. Um, so that's not a good sign for them. Um, however, what is a good sign for them is they'll notice that Juju is out for the season after that shoulder injury he sustained last week. Um, so that is a big loss for Pittsburgh. Um, uh, and you do wonder where where uh, Roethlisberger is going to be throwing that ball if, uh, if uh, Juju can't... Um, uh, can't play and uh, you know a big gamble there from him he he decided to test the market and try and get free agency he signed a one year prove it deal in 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 Pittsburgh and now he's not even going to play through it all um so somebody's going to pick up him in the off season for, for an absolute bargain next year um it's a tough one. I think it's. I it we're going to get a chance to see what Seattle are like without Wilson, which we've never done, by the way. And I think he played something like 149 straight games to start his NFL career. He's never missed a game in the NFL, which is incredible longevity, um, especially in this league. Um, so the Seattle team without Wilson under center is going to look very strange. Um, Uh, So, you know, I reserve judgment on them. So we see the full game with Geno Smith. um, But I think this might be a bit, almost a bridge too far, but it'll be close. I think Steelers take it, maybe by a point.
0: Josh, round us off, my friend. Buffalo, Tennessee, is the Monday night football and probably a sign of the times. Tennessee at home get four and a half point head start on the spread.
1: Yeah, so this is one where I think that the dominance of Buffalo definitely brings this into, you know, brings this into focus as one where you can't see Buffalo not winning this game. But this does have the trimmings of an excellent matchup, Um, you know. The running game for for the Titans is obviously massive, but the Bills are number three in rushing defence. So as long as they keep that up, Derek Henry looks to be uh, put at bay. And then it's a case of, do the Bills have enough on offence to match up against the Titans? Well, the Titans have one of the worst defensive uh, sets going. So it just seems to be mismatches rather than outmatches for the Titans um, I do see Buffalo running away with this just just off on the basis of you know you're trying to put a square piece in a circle hole. By the looks of the Titans, uh, the spread's four and a half. I'd probably double it. I don't think it's going to be a runaway, um, but by the same by by the same token, Buffalo do seem to be running away with every game that they play at the moment. So it could easily be. 10, 15 on the road, of which again would just show the dominance of the number one team in football at the moment. And just to round it off completely, I want to go back to the Seattle game for one second. Does anybody else really want to see the Seahawks Twitter come out with like Russ Russell Wilson just cooking at his home or something whilst the game's on, just so that we have a let Russ cook section? You know, he might not be there, but he's still cooking.
2: Instead of him starting on Sunday nights, he starts his own cooking channel. And exactly, it's just, it's, that, that is some Seattle PR right there. Someone needs to do that because that would be amazing.
1: You could easily get a sponsor for that. Imagine and that kickstarts his—that uh, kickstarts his career after football as well. He just turns out to be this fantastic <laughs> chef that social media just absolutely goes crazy for. It'd be immense.
0: Josh, Josh, yet again proving he's wasted at the full ten yards. There you go, Seattle Seahawks Twitter. Get in touch, airman. man will sort you out on Sunday night football. Um, we've gone through all the games, fellas. We've got a bit of time left, so let's talk around a few teams that have been some surprise packages this year. Um, you know, we're now getting into. I think you described your power rankings, Josh, as a little bit more settled these days. Um, I think you're starting to sort of get a grasp in terms of where you think teams genuinely are. You know, there's not the sort of flashing a pan result one week to the next. Now we're kind of getting a handle on things. So let's let's throw that question out to yourself. Give us a team that you are surprised by positively and then give us a team you're surprised by negatively.
1: Yeah, so a team that I'm surprised by positively, and this might simply be just because of me just not reading the tea leaves properly, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think that they actually are a very competent football team that could win on any given week. You can put them in front of almost any team and you can go oh, don't know, maybe, just maybe. Um, Yeah, I can't poke too many holes at any of their position groups. I can't poke too many holes in terms of their playmaking. It just seems that they need time to gel and, you know, they're still making great plays and they are really exciting to watch. I think that they are around middle of the pack, but when you consider that this team was, you know, this team was about 30th, 29th, 30th, a couple of years, a couple of years ago um, and even last year. So to to be now middle of the pack and looking to the future is excellent for them and you know they are a surprise package i'm a little worried about them as a browns fan if i'm perfectly honest with you the missus uh put the bengals under i think it was under seven and a half she had on her regular winzaki and she's already texted me to say what the hell are they doing i'm losing this aren't i to which I then pointed out the fact that she had KC above 12 and a half and she started to uh, get a little (laughs) worried on that one. So, yeah, that would be my positive one. Um, My negative one in terms of who I'm really disappointed by, the Miami Dolphins. Where was this fantastic Miami Dolphins team that we were promised, lads? Where's this Miami Dolphins defense? We talk about Washington's defense a lot, but Miami Dolphins had a really good defense. It just doesn't seem to be there anymore. It's almost like the, the stuffing has been kicked out of Miami. I don't blame it on the quarterback. I didn't think that Tua was all that all that great anyway. And I think that Jacoby Brissett's not really that much of a ring down. It just seems that all of their playmakers just aren't doing the business. You know, and their defence, which is what they prided on, is just not getting there. So, yeah, Bengals trending up, Dolphins trending down. That's what I've got, gents.
0: Steve, let's throw the same question out to yourself, mate. One good, one bad.
2: So, I think for good... Before this weekend, I would have said Carolina, but that loss against Philadelphia was they just look so poor offensively. I know a lot of that's down to Sam Darnold, but you know, unfortunately, you can't hide from that. So I don't think I'm going to say Carolina. I think it's difficult to look anywhere other than, than the Chargers, really. Um, and it's an obvious choice, but I, I don't think any of us were expecting him to be this good um, this quickly, uh, and especially with a brand new head coach. You know, Brandon Staley's come in. Obviously, he's from that Sean McVay coaching tree, and he's going to have some of this offensive wizardry about him, but to be this good this quickly is is, is a bit of a surprise. Um, Justin Herbert looks the real deal. They've got some really good offensive skill players um, and their defense looks solid as well. Like that Ben don't break that you mentioned Josh they they've really embraced that and like i've said before they they should be 5 and 0 but they're not um but they've been a real surprise package and and i think it's getting to the point now where we have to be talking about the chargers as a super bowl contender We have to because they are they are so good at the moment that until they start losing games and and making silly mistakes that sort of thing, you know, you'd expect them to be there. If if not in the in the ball game, certainly I think they can definitely make a case for them being there on Championship weekend. Um, So I'd say that the Chargers, any number of teams, could be a surprise package, but the Chargers for me, in terms of of disappointment, um, you took the words out of my mouth in Miami. You've already covered those. Probably Indianapolis. Like, you know, again, this Indianapolis team is sim- very similar to Miami in that they just squeezed into the playoffs last season. They've you know, Frank Reich's done quite a good job of, of cycling through the quarterbacks and um and, and still managing to get this team to a winning record. And this year they just look diff- like I don't, I don't know where they're losing all of these games. I don't know if there's this specific thing that you can put the finger on, but you know I don't think it's an easy enough to point to Wentz. I don't think Wentz has been that bad. Certainly not mm-hmm. as bad as some quarterbacks in the league. Um, and I think they're just, they're just not performing all over the league. And I think you know if uh, we'll come to it in a second, but I think there might be a, a certain hot seat getting, getting a little bit warm in Indianapolis, especially if they lose to Houston this weekend. Um, so for, a, for a disappointing team, Indianapolis for me.
0: Yeah, two good shouts. Um, I'm kind of surprised in some extent that neither of you went for the Cardinals as the pleasant surprise. Um, I think to be 5-0 and in that stacked division um, and probably coming into the season, the team that I think all three of us would have probably picked as... The basement dwellers in the division, although we we said consistently how stacked it was, we you know we probably had them pegged as the the least favoured. You know, I think they've obviously got off to a heck of a start. I also, I think the Cowboys, for me, probably exceeding where I would have put them, and I think that's predominantly down to the massive improvement on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know they're ranked 11th, uh, sorry, 14th total defense. So it's not as though they're all of a sudden shot into the the top five. But when you consider they were a bottom five, even at times an historically bad defense last year. Um, certainly to start the season, they were around 32nd in most categories, particularly against the pass just goes to show that if you can get into that sort of middle range from a defensive side of things, their offense is more than potent enough to take care of most teams. Um, So I think Dallas and Arizona are probably the two that I've been pleasantly surprised with. I think in terms of the team to be disappointed with, again, for me, it's probably, it's probably going to be the Chiefs. I so now they've had a rough hmm. schedule. Um, you know, there's no doubting that the schedule hasn't been kind to them. They've played Cleveland, they've played the Chargers, they've played Baltimore and they've played Buffalo. I mean, let's face it, those are four teams that I think we're all probably in agreement will be in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, in some order. Um, so it has been a rough, rough schedule, do not get me wrong. But the only win they have at the moment is against um the Eagles and I think, you know, Steve, you watched that game and at times, you know, and I think in your review last week you kind of alluded to the fact that This defense is going to cause them problems and it will continue to cause them problems. They've got an awful lot of working out to do. They're ranked 32nd defensively and completely, you know, reverse what I just said about the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys were 32nd ranked defense last year and had a potent offense and he got them to a losing record, even with Dak in the team. The same thing is happening here with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They've got a potent offense but if you're conceding thirty plus points, you're conceding time of possession, you're giving up a ton of yards. And now a lot of people point to the fact that the Chiefs' turnovers are up. But there is more and more pressure on that offense to keep producing, and it just you know it doesn't happen week in and week out. Um, so the Chiefs with a lot to turn around um, in terms of where they are in the division. Like say, who would have thought that after five weeks they would have been last? Steve, you're going to flip it back to yourself, buddy.
2: Just a quick one on the Chiefs' defence. I've actually got some stats for the Chiefs' defence, which are eye-opening because I think over the last couple of years, we can all agree that in 2019 and 2020, I mean, obviously they proved it. They went to the Super Bowl both both years. The defence wasn't their strong point, but it was good enough to still keep them in games. Now the Chiefs' defence is a problem, an actual problem that is going to lose in games. That is unavoidable now. So they are allowing a first down on 41.6% of their players. So 41.6% they're allowing a first down. The next worst in the league is Philadelphia at 37.6. To put that in context, last year's worst defense in the entire league, Detroit, was 38.9. So they're currently on track to be worse than last year's worst defense in the entire league. So it just shows you like uh, just how bad this chiefs defense is this year and their pass rush is non existent i think they were, before the weekend they were 31st in pass rushing success in the league they are just absolutely non existent when when quarterbacks are getting time in the pocket to throw and that chiefs secondary isn't amazing it just shows you teams are running all over them uh, in in the in the uh, passing game so yeah this chiefs defense is a problem and it is now a problem enough to be causing cost- costing them games um and it chiefs I, you know i think they'll still finish with a win record but it's going to be a long way back especially considering their schedule because they finished in first place um it's going to be a tough way back
0: this season yeah no absolutely absolutely um so there are our surprise packages for good and bad reasons share yours with us on the socials and all that good stuff love to hear what your thoughts are as we are now like I say officially over a quarter of the way through the NFL season. Uh, Some other bit of news from today, just to confirm, Dusseldorf, Frankfurt and Munich go forward as the three German cities to potentially host regular season games. Um, and obviously with all the talk about London and the NFL this week, good to hear um Although not necessarily from official sources, and some of the interview you actually listen to word for word was a little bit contradictory in itself. But it does sound as though London Games are here to stay, with at least three or possibly more most seasons moving forward. Um, so that's obviously also good news from an international fan perspective. Um, Josh, anything you want to come back in and say, my friend, I'm conscious you've been sitting there patiently for the last few minutes.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I really hope it's Frankfurt because I used to live over there. So it'd be nice to be able to use uh, the NFL as a nice little way of uh, homecoming. But also, speaking of the Dolphins, uh, potential upturn in luck to uh, Tagovailoa has been designated for return off IR. He could start on Sunday. Um, so Brian Flores said earlier in the week that he'd been throwing and doing well. He was designated officially today. So he will make the trip over to England as to whether or not he plays. That will be decided later on in the week, but definitely better news for the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly looking forward to seeing Tua if he does suit up. I think he adds a layer of intrigue for the neutral um, as opposed to Jacoby Preset, which has obviously been a very pedestrian offence to watch over the last uh, two or three weeks, although we've all commented that Tua obviously needs to pick things up himself. If he does indeed suit back up. Um, fellas, that's it. Week six, preview done in the can. Looking forward to it. Like I say, London for myself. So really looking forward to that. Josh, enjoy your break, my friend. We will get somebody in off the subs bench next week. Don't you worry, me and Steve will be back um, reviewing everything that has gone down in week six. Looking forward to week seven. God, this season's going by far too quickly, isn't it? Far, far, far too quickly. But uh, until then, stay safe, everybody. Keep everything, eyes and ears peeled to the full 10 yards for all your NFL and college football content. And we will catch you all very soon on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels Twitter, Instagram,
2: Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more
1: information about why we are. Hashtag for the game.